from Studio 67 in Florida's Capital County. It's time to get fact-checked. Access granted. Good people of Florida, welcome back to Fact Check Episode 2. It was a big week in Florida's Capital County. Uh, we kicked off the 2024 legislative session this week, uh, and boy was it a, an interesting week. Uh, my name is Jared Griegas. I've got Courtney Mooney and Amir Warren here Hey, with everybody. Me. How are we doing? We're going to uh, kick it around, talk it a little bit about what went on in the legislature this week. Uh, before we do that, let's just hear from everyone, see how their first week went. Uh, we kicked off on Tuesday with a tornado warning in Tallahassee. Actually, that was interesting. Uh, we were not over at the Capitol as we normally would be, uh, but rather we were, you know, ducking and hiding. How are you guys feeling during that? Yeah, that was a little scary. I mean, me and Eddie were hiding in a closet. Eddie, Eddie was in like a file cabinet. <laughs> yeah, file cabinet. <laughs> so interesting start to the session. Uh, hopefully only up from there. Uh, but, you know, I, I would have died doing what I loved. Uh, policy analysis. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, from there, we kind of moved on uh, to bigger and better things with Palm Beach Days. Uh, Palm Beach County came in town for a couple days, uh, brought a ton of their staff, uh, as well as their county commissioners, and you know they were out there speaking to their delegation members, um, you know, meeting with legislators, and, uh, really talking up the county and, and the county's priorities for this session. Uh, so good to see them, and good to see them out there on the front lines this week. That being said, we will go ahead and get right into uh, brass tacks here. Kicking things off is going to be Courtney with the Live Local Glitch Fix Bill that is SB 328 by Senator Kaladiud. Uh Just to recap real quick, that is a follow-up to last year's Live Local Act SB 102, uh, which was just a comprehensive affordable housing package. They wanted to reopen the statute and just tweaks a handful of items that people were giving feedback on. Uh, so Courtney, take it away. All right. Thanks, Jared. Yeah, the Live Local Glitch Bill. We didn't think we were going to get one, and here it is. So during committee this week, we did take up the committee substitute for this, um, which did have a few amendments on it that um, really added some additional help for some of those issues that were brought to light. First, I'm going to talk about how the bill was originally filed and just a short summary about that. It made five major fixes that we were looking for. It removed industrial property from being subject to the requirements for affordable housing. This clarified that the current allowed height density or floor area ratio does not include any development that meets the requirements of the Live Local Act or any bounces, variances, or other special exceptions. It modifies the height requirements, so this was reduced from a mile to one-fourth mile. And where adjacent properties are three stories or less allows local government to restrict the height to a maximum of four stories. Development within a fourth of a mile of a military installation may not be administratively approached. Specifies that the height and density requirements do not apply to airport-impacted areas. And last, the development will become a non-conforming use should it no longer meet the affordable requirements. Um, so these were the affixes from the original bill, and then the committee substitute added quite a few more. Um, it changes current law to require counties to authorize multifamily and mixed-use residentials as an allowable use in commercial and mixed-use areas. If 40% of the multi-use development are rental units that are affordable for a period of 30 years. Changes the height restriction percentage from 125 to 135. Requires the counties maintain on their website a policy which contains 
the procedures and expectations for administrating approval of the developments for proper multifamily developments located in the trans-oriented development or area a county must authorize such development only if the development is mixed-use residential and complies with the county's regulations for trans-oriented development or areas except for height density and floor area ratio as provided in the live local act um, adds a new section 6 amending statute 420.507 Florida statute authorizing the Florida Housing Finance Corporation to preclude any application <laughs> sponsor or affiliate of an application or sponsor from participating in any Florida Housing Finance Corporation program as provided under 420.518 Florida statute. And lastly, it amends Section 420.518 Florida Statute to provide that in addition to an applicant, a sponsor, or an affiliate, or an application or sponsor may be precluded from participating in Florida Housing Finance Corporation programs if debarred from participating in federal housing programs and or materially or repeatedly violates a condition imposed by the Florida Finance Housing Corporation in connection with the administration of a Florida Housing Finance Corporation program. That is the bill. <laughs> so that was a mouthful. Um, but as of right now, the Senate bill does have an identical bill in the House, House Bill 1239 by Representative Lopez, and it currently has no committee references. So who knows when we'll see this. Courtney, that was awesome. Thank you for that very <coughs> thorough update. Obviously, there was some risk in reopening this chapter of statute, um, but I know that industrial carve-out was, was a big win for a handful of our folks. Uh, we have got our best people on this working uh, going forward. Uh, so with that being said, we will move on to kind of the finance, tax, and administration space. Uh, that is Amir's bread and butter. Uh, so Amir, this was a contentious one. Let's talk uh, mobility fees. Yeah, so Tuesday, uh, that tornado warning wasn't the only thing that stirred up some controversy. So coming <laughs> into it, we have SB 688, Alternative Mobility and Funding System. Uh, this was heard in Senate Community Affairs Committee, and this bill was also sponsored by Senator Martin. Uh, this bill focuses on transportation and impact fees for development. And if you weren't there, we had our very own Bob McKee go up and testify in opposition. Uh, one of his main talking points was the fact that there's 200 cities that are located in municipalities that lack mobility or impact fees. Uh, McKee went on to argue that if SB 688 passes unchanged, counties might have to scout for alternative revenue to address their extra jurisdictional impacts. Palm Beach County staff also weighed in with their uh, reservations as well. Uh, similarly, on the House side, we see Representative Robinson propose HB 479, which is its companion bill, and this also faced opposition from Bob McKee and Palm Beach County staff. However, House Bill 479 managed to secure favorable passage and is now heading to its next checkpoint, the House Ways and Means Committee. And also, to double back on the Senate side, after, you know, countless testimony, we also inevitably, we saw SB 688 move on to its next committee stop, which was Committee of Transportation. Thanks, Mir. Yeah, this is one we covered in our session preview podcast <laughs> last week. Uh, just to recap real quick, what the bill does, um, primarily impacting our counties, is it limits the collection of mobility fees to a single permitting local government. Uh, obviously, you know, these, these roads within our counties and our county road systems do not exist within a vacuum. Obviously, we, we have road systems that, you know, might uh, transcend a single municipality's road system. Uh, and so that's where we're seeing kind of the, some of these conflicts arise at the local level between counties and municipalities. And we are reluctant to kind of see the state uh, put their thumb on the scale and, and pick winners 
and losers within this dispute. So that's one we'll be opposing going forward. Uh, But Amir, thanks again for that great summary. Moving along, uh, we are going to kick it back over to Courtney uh, to talk about a very bad preemption uh, that actually evolved out of a a pretty simple heat exposure requirements uh, preemption. Uh, This thing has has grown into a a much larger problem. So, Courtney, uh, let's hear it. Yeah. um, Like Jared just said, this is a large preemption bill. Um, This is House Bill 433 by Representative Esposito. This bill has two parts to it. It's a preemption against labor and employment, and governments can't seek to control wages or benefits in the procurement process. Um, So this also, like we talked about last week, just stops local governments from letting their employees do anything outside of the scope that the state doesn't allow. So no paternity leave, no work from home, no extra days off. They can't do anything. And and that's that's something that, you know, I, I don't know that that was necessarily the intent of the bill was to necessarily impact internal county employment practices. Um, but that is kind of how some of our uh, county attorneys are reading this language um, to to do at the moment. Uh, so this is obviously a bad preemption. Courtney, we, we appreciate the update on that one. Um, Moving right along, uh, we saw a handful of committee bills in the Ways and Means Committee this past week. Uh, We kind of warned you guys on that session preview about a handful of these uh, last week, Um, but, you know, obviously they have passed their first committee and now have permanent numbers. Uh, So, Amir, what is going on in the Ways and Means uh, series of bills? And, yeah, no, you, you touched on it a little bit. We talked about this last week. But uh, going forward on this week, uh, we see them being renamed. So we have HJR 7015, HJR 7017, and House Bill 7019, respectively. HJR 7015, formerly known as WMC1, proposes a constitutional amendment that would raise the upper bound of the second homestead exemption from 75000 to 100000 thus changing the maximum exemption amount from 25000 to 50000 Again, this will add a whopping price tag. Yeah, so as Amir mentioned, this is a constitutional amendment, so it would still go to the voters even if it did get passed legislatively. Um, However, this thing comes with just a massive price tag for counties, and uh, we're actually choosing to look at it more as a a shift of the tax burden. You want to touch on that a little bit, Amir? Yeah, and and Bob raises concerns uh, at the Ways and Means Committee on Monday about this as well, Um, how this is... Uh, might seem beneficial, but this could shift the property tax burden to non-homestead property owners, which includes renters and business owners. Right. So this isn't an exemption per se. This is more so shifting the tax burden exactly. onto other people. Yeah, well said, Amir. Uh, I think that is the important thing to remember here is that this is not actually you know a tax break for people. It's actually a shift of that burden um, to those renters and to those businesses. Um, so this is something that you know Bob will have his hands full, uh, obviously opposing throughout this session, but. Uh, We will keep you guys updated uh, as that one kind of develops. Next up, we are seeing reform to correct some of the balanced billing practices we are seeing by health providers. Uh, Amir, I'm going to circle right back to you on this one. (laughs) What's what's going on there? Yeah, no, for sure. So we have SB 568, which was approved by the Senate Banking and Insurance Committee. Um, This bill targets health insurance and HMOs. Uh, The bill mandates coverage for out-of-network ground ambulance services. Now, when it comes to reimbursements, there are specific guidelines, including the Medicare rate and contracted rates. The overarching goal? to minimize balanced billing by service providers. Interestingly, the House counterpart, HB 639, is still awaiting its turn for discussion as well. 
Thanks, Amir. That one is moving to Senate Health Policy next. Uh, we see this as a generally good bill. Uh, like I said, kind of limiting some of those balanced billing practices that do kind of ambush consumers from time to time. Um, so, well said. Uh, <laughs> Courtney, I believe you have one last bill you wanted to touch on. That was county attorney public records exemptions. That one is in the fact legislative platform. So what is going on there? Thanks, Jared. Yeah, Senate Bill 712, um, public records exemption for county and city attorneys, was reported favorably in Community Affairs Committee. Uh, the bill provides a public records exemption for the personal identification and location information of current and former county attorneys, assistant county attorneys, deputy county attorneys, city attorneys, assistant city attorneys, deputy city attorneys, and the spouses and children of such. This bill's next committee stop will be Senate rules, but has not yet been agended. Thanks, Courtney. That's one we will be supporting. And I'm actually going to wrap up with one last bill of support. Uh, it was a relatively light lift in some of my issue areas this week, but we did see Senator Simon's Regional Rural Development Grants waiver of match uh, pass through its second Senate committee. Uh, what that one does uh, for the Regional Rural Development Grant Program, uh, it waives that matching requirement that's currently in there. Uh, so I know a handful of our fiscally constrained counties will be excited about some of the, the money that that frees up for them in their budget. Uh, that is one that we will be supporting throughout this session. You know, we're looking forward to working with, with Senator Simon there. With that being said, uh, that is the first week of session. We are down to T-minus 55 days, 55, 56 days at this point? I think 56. 56, Monday yeah, sorry. Zero. <laughs> um, Courtney's the, the, the math guru uh, <laughs> on the team here. Um, but yeah, uh, looking forward ahead to next week. Uh, we do have FAC Legislative Day. That is obviously going to be a big one. We have a handful of agency heads coming through, uh, I think, Secretary Sean Hamilton over at DEP is kicking things off bright and early on Wednesday morning. We have a handful of other state leaders uh, coming through throughout the day to speak and to answer your questions. Uh, so you are not going to want to miss that. Obviously, uh, I think it's Broward Days yeah, as well. Yeah, Tuesday is Broward Days. That'll and be a then fun one. On Wednesday, we have the Polk County Day reception in the evening. So both those will be super fun events for everyone to come to, and we can't wait to see everyone here in town. Yeah, we are looking forward to seeing everyone. Uh, it's going to be a busy week, and you know, actually, Fact Ledge Day could not come at a better time. Uh, we are going to have a handful of commissioners in town just in time to speak against the term limits bill that is going to be up next Tuesday. Courtney, where is that going to be? Yeah, the term limits bill is going to be in Senate Ethics and Elections at 8.30 in the morning. Please come if you are here. Please stop by and talk to your senators and even your representatives to encourage them to vote down on this bill. Thanks, Courtney. Yeah, it's going to be a heavy, heavy lift next week. Um, but that that is sort of the big fish uh, that we are seeing agended as of right now. So please come through, make your voices heard. All you guys were so great about that last session. And I think that ultimately was a big part of, of why the bill was, you know, stuffed in a drawer and forgotten about for the time being. Uh, so we are hoping to make that happen once again uh, and kind of keep that power in the hands of our of our voters, um, either through the charter process or through the election process. Again, looking forward to seeing you guys. Uh, I think that just about does it for us this week, uh, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but obviously, everyone have a have a very happy and safe holiday weekend. Uh, enjoy that extra day off work. Uh, I know we will. This has been Jared, Courtney, and Amir. Come week on, with one. a fact week check. One. 56 days. 56 days. Everyone enjoy your MLK day. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and have a good weekend. Bye, everyone. Peace out.